Blog Talk Radio. Well, here we are at the last Outsports podcast, I think. Uh, Jim, uh, are, are you on the line? <laughs> at least for now. You finally we, we got should, on. We, should, we just should have not. We just should, I mean, we can't do this anymore. I mean, really, it's, well, it's ridiculous. We, we will forge ahead with this one because we're connected, and I think our guest is here. Uh, so uh, Andrew can listen for a second. We're going to get. We're going to stop the podcast after this until we get a better system because today we neither of us could get in, so um, – but we will forge ahead because it's the start of college football season. Um, some team, Sid Stanford, played last week. Did you watch any of it, Sid, down in Australia? <laughs> I, I tuned I, – actually, some of my friends were officiating. It was just kind of cool. But I tuned in and saw it was like 49-0 to zero and, and then tuned right out. There, there was no need to watch that game. Well, I watched the first series. The first play of the game was like a 75-yard run for Stanford. Two plays that it was a touchdown. I said, okay, I just regret not t- not uh, laying the 30-and-a-half when I went to look <laughs> online, but <laughs> maybe next time. But why don't we jump in? Our, our guest is on the line. His name is Andrew Baus. Um, he is a Chicago-area school teacher, and he wrote a great piece this week um, about his goal of attending all 130 stadiums in what you call major college football. It used to be Division One A. It's now called FBS. Um, he's at 65, which is halfway there. His husband, Olin, travels with him now and is his videographer, and Andrew runs a great uh, a site called collegefootballtour.com. And, um, Andrew, um, first off, where are you going to be this weekend? And welcome. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, this week, actually tomorrow, um, we're heading to uh, DeKalb, Illinois, for Boston College's trip to northern Illinois. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, we'll be in Evanston for uh, Nevada, heading to Northwestern. And we're having a – we always do a big tailgate every year. At, uh, this is a big tailgate at Northwestern, and so we're doing that. So it's a, it's a doubleheader this weekend, kind of local, kind of regional. Um, I like to go back to places that I've, I've visited before just to kind of – Freshen it up a little. Andrew, how long are you giving yourself to get to all 130? Because I mean, 65 seems like 
That's a lot. They're only what 12, 12 weeks in a season, thirteen weeks. I mean, are you you looking at another five, six years to to, to take care of this? I mean, I I mean, I, I could do that in, in in five to six years. That would pretty much mean that I would have to use every single weekend. And remember, I am an elementary school teacher, so budgets do come into play here. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I, uh, I I like the idea of doing five new stadiums a year, and that would take me, you know, 13 more years and put me just at the 50 mark um, I, you know, in age. Um, and I, I kind of like that because I'd, I'd like to stretch it out. Um, I'd like to stretch it out and make it a bigger deal over time. And uh, the weekend that I'm not going somewhere new, I, I you know revisit old haunts and check out places and see how the updated so-and-so stadium is and, and how is Ohio State doing and so on and so forth. So I um, I, I still fill up my weekends, but uh, the in-betweeners are more local. What so far has been, the, for want of a better word, your white whale, the stadium you've wanted to get to that has a certain tradition that for either cost or timing you haven't made yet? Texas A&M. Um, you know, I, I that keeps coming back in my mind, and I – I want to spend a full weekend at Texas A&M and do the Friday night yell practice that they do. They fill up the stadium, one whole half of the stadium, about 50,000, 55,000 fans just come at midnight uh, to do yell practice, uh, just to practice yelling. I mean, that sounds, honestly, that sounds like my elementary classroom, to be honest. But, um, but, but uh, I want to go see that. I want to see a uh, – I want to see a – a game at Texas A&M, big old stadium, Texas football, the whole deal. Um, that one just rings really loud in my brain. I, I've been to Texas A&M once before, and, um, and and I'll tell you, they have a fun little gay bar there. So even in the, in the middle of nowhere, you can you can find some, some family. Um, really? In College Station, huh? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, believe it or not. Uh, so, do you do that when you go to these different towns? Do you try to... Go to the local gay bar and, and meet people and meet other LGBT people. Is that part of your plan? Yeah, you know, um, I remember uh, we were in Salt Lake City a couple of years ago and thinking to ourselves, well, you know, it'll be fun going to the game at Utah. We went to Utah State that year too, and we thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll hit whatever little you know shack of a gay bar they have. I was wrong, 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 wrong. Um, Salt Lake City actually has a tremendous scene and I uh I had no idea. Um but we met some people there. I, I share a little bit of, of my stories every time I get a chance to. Um I've I've come across friends at bars that I still talk to and have invited me to games at their um gay friends too, uh who've invited me to games at their favorite stadiums and so on and so forth. So yeah, I do try to talk it up every once in a while. Um, we were on an LGBT boat cruise in, uh, a week ago and I, uh, in Chicago, and I was prom- promoting it on the boat cruise, you know, and, and you know, I had a lot of interest there. So, um, yeah, you know, I, we, no matter where we go, we do wind up in the gay bars or in some sort of the gay strip we can and um, try to find the sporty ones, you know. You had mentioned in your article uh, that being gay and tackling this quest has been an awkward experience for me at times, and yet you say you've never faced any overt discrimination. Could you sort of talk about that dynamic? Yeah, I think a lot of it's in my head. Um, I I definitely um, have kind of had to go through my own process. You know, I think 
I think as far as coming, the coming out process, I don't feel like there's ever really a finish line. I think you're always coming out, and there's always new obstacles and new things you're tackling. So there's never a finish line, and you just have to find happiness with the roads you're traveling on. Um, and so when I think about that, I try to use that to help me along. And, um, and you know, I think just the fact that uh, I have been through – just the fact that I've been to certain areas of the of the country. I, last year we were in uh, we were in Arkansas, and I was just on the phone talking um, talking back at home with a friend of mine, and and I just mentioned my husband. Just on, just on the phone, I'm just mentioning my husband, and some group some some pastors by kind of kind of gave me a funny look, and who knows what that look could have been? That look could have been anything. That look could have been, hey, I'm gay too. I didn't know there was another gay guy. We'll come to a football game. It could have been anything, but. You know, like, for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, that dude's going to kill me. You know what I mean? Like, I just – and so I'm trying to shake that. Um, I'm trying to give – you know, um, I'm trying to have more faith in people around me. And I live in, the, the like, the gayest part of Chicago. And I, I even have a little bit of trouble holding my husband's hand there. So it's, it's, it's my own journey. But I'll tell you, um, I am – taking these steps, like even being on this podcast today and writing that article to try to, to try to shake that a little bit. When you're at these games, is there anything gay about you? I mean, you wear a rainbow flag. Do you, I, I don't know what else. Do you, do you sit martinis? I don't know what, what exactly your stereotypical <laughs> gay thing you fall into, but what, but what, I mean, are you gay or do you fit right in with everybody else and you're just who you are? Well, I think I fit in with everybody else. I don't, I don't know if I'm giving off some sort of a vibe. Um, no, I do not sit martinis, but, boy, that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> Much better I, than beer. Oh, my gosh, yeah, totally. Um, no, I, I'll, the, the best thing, and I think I might have outlined it in my story, uh, is the tailgate that we, we do at Northwestern. I mean, I bring a lot of my friends with me that aren't as football savvy and they, they come because they want to be a part of the atmosphere and enjoy it and so on and so forth. But it's really kind of funny because there, it is a lot of, it is a lot of guys who, you know, would rather be, you know, uh, you know, watching the Tonys than, than watching the, watching Northwestern. So, so it's like, it's one of these things where, um, <laughs> where there is definitely some gay radiating from our tailgate. Um, and, um, you know, but we've had, we've never, I've never experienced any, anything negative. Um, if, if anything, just in my own head, you know? Um, so, but I don't, I, I almost feel like I should though. And sometimes I don't feel like maybe I should wear a little rainbow patch or something. Um, you should wear it. We get you an outsport shirt and you and, uh, Olin could support them. There you go. Done and done. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, tell us how you met Owen, and was he a football fan before? Did you have to convince him, twist his arm, or how did that all come about? Well, no, not, I didn't have to twist his arm at all. Um, he was and is the um, – he's an Appalachian State alumnus, so he still doesn't talk, stop talking about the um, the big win over Michigan <laughs> in 2007. <laughs> 74 uh, years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's still a thing. Um, and if you go to Appalachian State, they it's still a thing. Every single apparel shop still has the score on blazoned on T-shirts <laughs> everywhere. Um, but 
But Olin, Olin actually was a cheerleader at Appalachian State. And so he was part of the games, both basketball and football, on the sidelines, and I think fell in love with it that way and always been a fan through, through uh, the Mountaineers. So, um, you know, when, when I came along, he wasn't as avid as a fan, but I kind of got him into it a little bit more. I mean, he certainly was involved and enjoyed it, but um, I helped him bring it to the next level. So um, it, wasn't too hard, it wasn't too hard of a sell. Wait, so, Touch, give us some give us some thoughts on some of the some of the stadiums that you that you have been to. What what has been the gayest place that you've been to? The place where you saw the most gay fans, or you or there was a great gay tailgate that you went to. Other than you know, South Carolina um, and the Cox. <laughs> right, I'm telling you, I wish. Um, but, you know, I I my safe space really is Madison, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, with my alma mater. And uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, the Badgers. And um, Madison is a super gay, um, very gay-friendly. Um, when I was in school there in the late 90s, it was very open. Um, you know, it was, it was not at all. And at that time, still, you know, 20 years ago, it was, we, we progressed a lot. So um, I feel pretty darn comfortable at Madison. And they have a great saying there that's, uh, for their athletics athletic program called if you can play you can play as simple as that but it's all about you know we don't care about your gender we don't care about your sexual orientation we don't care about you can play you can play and that's sort of one of the things at wisconsin and i love that and um, i feel very comfortable there another great town though now that i'm talking about it is columbus ohio state um the short north is a great area um and uh i, I really think that uh, that's their gay area and it's one of those towns that you wouldn't expect it, but it's very, very uh, open and friendly. Where's the least gay place that you've ever been to? <laughs> Maybe you felt particularly uncomfortable or you heard gay slurs in the sand? Uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, <laughs> Troy, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so, so, let me just, so let me just ask you about this. I mean, this is, this is certainly stereotypically what we'd expect you to say, but were they actually really not gay or homophobic? I have never felt the homophobic, like, okay, I've never had, like, a direct slur at me, but if you're asking, um, like, you can definitely kind of see uh, in the mannerisms and in the people that they vote for, I think you can put that together. Um, And things along that nature, like, we went during the election year last year, and there were certain areas that, you know, had Trump signs everywhere and certain areas that had Clinton signs everywhere. And, I mean, you know, you can put those together. And it's just it's a vibe you feel. You almost feel like it's just not something that you would feel comfortable doing. But, again, I'm not giving as much faith to people as I probably should be. So, so I'm just going to challenge you on this. So is, is the answer you really, you really haven't had any places that felt unsafe or not homophobic? Because because somebody voted for Donald Trump or has a Trump sign in their yard doesn't mean they hate you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I completely agree with you. And that is, uh, that is again, where it's, you know, kind of my own hang up, but I would say, um, no, I have not, I have not felt at all. Um, any straight negative, like anything negative towards me. Then again, I have not full blown advertised myself in any way either. 
Uh, but when you're with Olin, you guys, I mean, are you an obvious couple? You know, um, it's it's getting more so. Um, I would say, like, in Madison, I feel comfortable, uh, you know, holding his hand or, or whatever maybe a little bit more often than anywhere else. But I would say that um, – I'm a, I'm a little reserved. I find myself to be a little reserved when I'm when I'm, when we're out um, when we're out doing our footballing, as my friends like to call it, uh, footballing. Um, so so yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not something that is uh, I you know I just I I'm not at Texas A&M though you know uh, I'll tell you I'm ready for it. Uh, when they score a touchdown, I will kiss him. Because that is a that is a tradition there. I will do it. <laughs> we want video. You got it. <laughs> what, what, of all the places that you've been, what uh, what was your least favorite state stadium? Just the stadium itself, or the fans? You just didn't. You just didn't. You didn't love the experience. Um, probably the most disappointing was Eastern Michigan, uh, and it's a smaller school, but. That stadium has been in existence since the late 60s, and they still haven't had a sellout uh, since the late 60s. Um, I, it's, in, it's about 10 miles away from from Michigan, University of Michigan, um, and you know, so I know it probably falls in the shadows of them and stuff. It's, it's almost like Eastern Michigan takes the spillover of those who couldn't get tickets at Michigan. But um, but, but, like, there just didn't seem to be any interest whatsoever. The stadium is pretty empty. Um, I, I remember being there, and the band was marching right by, and really no one was there to look at it or watch it or be a part of it, and it was kind of disappointing. So, as far, you know, dis- disappointment is more the word that comes to mind. So, what are your vibe? We both live out in Los Angeles. Uh, have you you've been to the Coliseum? Have you been to the Rose Bowl for UCLA game? Is there any difference in West Coast fans versus – Southern fans, Midwest fans, East fans? I think a lot of the West Coast fans get a um, get a tourist attraction rap. You know, like they, if, uh, if you've ever heard of that, that old adage, um, like uh, in the Midwest, it is a war. And in the, in, the, in the West, it's a tourist attraction. In the South, it's a religion. Like that kind of atmosphere. In the West, I mean, like, I, I felt like USC fans were as comparable to anything I've ever seen. Um, you know, rabid, hungry, interested, um, and, you know, a strong bevy of UCLA fans, I'd say the same thing. Um, you know, uh, I haven't been to Oregon, but I've met a lot of Oregon fans, so I'd say the same thing there. So I really, you know, I mean, I've been Arizona State, Arizona. I mean, I, I think college football is college football. You love your team. You're involved, and I think I think everybody's very prideful. Um, it's just maybe the maybe the, the folks in the South are just a little louder about it. That's all. Where can we catch you this season? This season, uh, my new stadiums I'm going to. I'll be going to Duke and Wake Forest. Uh, my new stadiums include Texas and Florida and Central Florida, and I'll be bouncing back to Madison and Northwestern. I'm going to Louisville and Toledo. So um, those are some of the regional ones, but I'm really excited to go down to Texas and, and, and down to Florida, too. Those, I think, will be great venues that I need to check off my list. When are you going to be in Central Florida? Florida? Just real quick, there's a cupcake place right. in Gainesville. Get the name get the name of the cup place, cupcake place from me before you go. It is literally worth the whole trip. Okay. In Gainesville? Okay. I will. Definitely. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> 
So um, what are the best uh, – um, oh, yeah, when you go to Central Florida, you should meet our writer, Jeremy Brenner, who goes there, University of Central Florida. Oh, love it. Um, we are going to be there over Thanksgiving weekend. So, um, you know, one of the best parts of this trip, uh, one of the best parts of what I do, um, in order to make it economical, I try my best to get to more than one stadium in a weekend. So over Thanksgiving, I'm flying down there early and visit my mom down in Florida and then uh, for Thanksgiving. And then we're going up to Orlando on Friday after Thanksgiving for South Florida, Central Florida. And then the Saturday after, we're going to be in Gainesville for Florida State and Florida. I have a question. I looked at your website, collegefootballtour.com. Yes. And the last entry is from November 26, 2016. Um, yes. But you did go to a game that involved uh, my alma mater against your alma mater uh-huh. uh, for the Big Ten Championship, and I'm curious why that is not yet up on the uh, website. I was so ready for this question. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I was so ready for it. Okay. All right. Here's the answer. Here's the truth. I am not bitter, I promise. But I just wanted the first thing that popped up on my screen to be the, uh, the, Ole, Miss, the Ole Miss stadium because <laughs> I was so proud of that place. Now, here's the funny thing. Just last night, I started gathering all the pictures from that Penn State, Wisconsin, horrific moment in my life. And I uh, am, am, you know, working on tidying up the, the writing. I'm actually going to post it tonight. And then tomorrow when we go to Northern Illinois and everything, it'll just kind of get, you know, buried into the Northern Illinois and Northwestern story after this weekend. So it'll be up there. It's coming. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> it sounds like you're a little bitter, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so, so I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm happy Penn State won. You're you're a real hardcore college football fan. I mean, this, um, this is your thing. This is your sport. This is everything. Like, um, I love being able to balance. I love teaching too, so I love being able to balance both of these loves. Um, it's really hard this time of year. Like this week, year is probably the toughest because I'm starting a whole new school year and launching this whole you know season. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's exciting. Um, it is my thing. Um, and Ever since I was young, um, I think the thing that turned the, the turned the tide for me was when I went to the Rose Bowl in 1994. Wisconsin beat UCLA. Uh, it was Wisconsin's first Rose Bowl in 31 years, and just seeing that whole scene just it was like a light switch for me, and I just I fell in love with it. I mean, I'm a, I'm well, a fan of Stanford, but yeah, but, I, but you know, if they win, like didn't ask me if I watched the game this week. I'm like, I I watched two plays, I just shut it off. I, you know, it doesn't bother me if a team beats my team, but you really, you really, really, really care about your team. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I, I, I think because so much of my memories are attached to that. You know, my family, we grew up, uh, all my brothers went, and uh, my family, we went to games as a, as, uh, as a kid. Um, I just Every weekend I was dragged up there, even though I wanted to be home, you know, singing Mariah Carey in my bedroom. I was dragged up to those games, and, you know, it was yeah, – eventually it hooked. But you connect those memories with your family and those fun times with school and with everything, and it just becomes a piece, part of your being. So what was the reaction to your story so far? Um, you know, I sent it out to the staff at my school. Um, I wanted them all to see it, and 
I have been um, here at school. I've been sort of labeled as the ambassador for um, gender identity training and so on and so forth. And um, we, uh, I think that story kind of really legitimized uh, how important it all is to me. I got a lot of wonderful response back from my staff about how proud they are to have me at the school and how proud they are of me and how glad they are that I'm a role model for these students. And to be completely honest, that's why I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to make my students today, their lives better in school than mine was because I certainly got bullied and harassed for reasons I didn't know at that time. They knew me more than I knew myself. And so, you know, it's just one of those things that um, I think is really right now becoming the peak of what I want it to be. I'm doing for these kids what I always wanted to have done for me in my growing up in school. Well, that, I mean, that's really awesome. And I mean, you, people should check out the website, collegefootballtour.com. It is really well laid out. You have the stadiums listed by categories, by conference. You click on the one piece of art, and then it takes that picture big, and it gives you a whole description in a photo gallery. I mean, <laughs> This is the kind of stuff Sid and I wish we were doing years ago before we got out by Fox. It is just so well done and so thorough. And um, it's a great, fun thing you're doing. It, it's also cool that your husband is part of your avocation and kind of, you know, um, loves doing it with you. So it's great memory. So, um, Andrew, we hope you can check in with us uh, during the year. Anytime something comes up interesting during the season, write for us. I mean, if it's a gay-related thing or if you ever see a gay wedding being performed at a tailgate, you've got to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll keep my eyes wide open. And uh, I really can't thank you guys enough for, for uh, you know, getting me on, getting me on out sports and getting me involved. And it's just been, it's been great, it's been great for me. And I love sharing my story. And you guys have been so great. So thank you so much. And when you come out to LA next time, we're going to a game. I love it. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Right, well, thanks a lot. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Bye. This really is a good well, website. You know, I'm looking at it. It's, 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 he's a lot of fun. He, uh, he obviously has a good time. He is. He's so. very infectious. He gets into it, but it's just well laid out. And so I think it, it's a terrific. And, and the video that we have, uh, I put one together myself, and it was my version, which isn't the most slick. And he took it into Apple, into an iMac and made it look nicer and put this drum riff underneath. that was really good. So you can check out that. But um, I, I think it's fantastic that he's doing that. Um, so this is probably our last podcast, maybe just for a couple of weeks till we get these things ironed out. And I'm on vacation next week. So, Sid, we usually do this. We have a minute uh, quick. Uh, the Patri- I picked the Patriots to repeat. Am I going to be wrong this year in the NFL? Barring injury? I have, I have no idea. I don't know why anyone would pick a team other than the Patriots, but uh, who knows? I, it could be somebody. I mean, they're – there are a bunch of teams, I think, that will do better this season than last season, but who knows who's going to – you know, all it, all it takes is a couple of injuries, and then, you know, Edelman's already out. So, will Chris Hogan or somebody yeah. jump in? Who knows? And it's interesting that, as Bill Paulian pointed out, you got to remember the Patriots were down 28-3 in that game, so it's not like they're invincible, but they just – to me, they look like clearly the best team in the AFC. The NFC – I have no idea. I just I'm, I'm looking at teams because we do this year-long pool, and I'm kind of stymied at who am I going to pick. But we'll make uh, we'll make some choices. But um, 
So football's back in the air. We're going to have uh, a lot more coming out stories coming up in the uh, starting or after Labor Day, and um, Sid will be doing his refing. We'll be having a lot of fun because it's my favorite time of year. I love September, October for sports because everything's going on. Uh, but check out um, the stories from this week, and we'll be back when we get our technical issues squared away, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>